0: Good morning and welcome to Morning Mixtape News. It's Thursday, October 19, 2023. I'm your host, Anna Fina Singh, reporting for MET Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. Here are our headlines for today. Hospitalizations for COVID-19 in Canada are the highest they've been since last winter. Greta Thunberg has been charged after demonstrating outside a fossil fuel conference. A New Brunswick premier is being asked to apologize for making transphobic remarks. And in Colorado, a funeral home is under fire for improperly storing dead bodies. Then, we'll hear from Krishna Priya with a segment of Hidden Histories. Now, to the news. Across Canada, COVID hospitalizations have been rising all autumn. A new study by the Public Health Agency of Canada shows a significant rise in COVID-19 cases in the past month. They say just over 10,000 cases were reported in the first week of October. CTV reports that just over 3,000 hospital beds nationwide are currently in use for COVID cases. Those rates have not been that high since last winter. CTV says that since reporting to public health is inconsistent, the numbers may not show the whole story. They also say the testing has become a less common practice, which can also skew the data. The data does show that less of those hospitalizations for COVID occupy ICU beds, which could mean less people are becoming severely ill from COVID. An expert in emergency medicine at UBC told the press that while infection rates aren't as high as 2020 or 2021, they can still be an issue for quote, an already strained healthcare system. As infections rise, new COVID boosters are also becoming available to Canadians in the coming weeks. CP24 reports that Ontario priority groups will be given first access to this fall's COVID vaccination campaign. This includes seniors, pregnant people, kids between four and six, and Indigenous community members. They say along with fixed vaccination locations, mobile clinics will also offer COVID and flu shots to those in shelters and retirement communities. 700 pharmacies will also have vaccinations on hand for high-risk populations before they become available to all Ontarians. CB24 says that all Toronto residents will be eligible to get an updated COVID shot on October 31st. They say that just under 10,000 appointments will be made available this fall for those who want an updated vaccine. All shots are free for Ontario residents. In London, climate activist Greta Thunberg has been charged with public order offense following her arrest at a protest. The CBC says that Thunberg was arrested for demonstrating outside a conference for an oil and gas company. She was one of the 26 people charged after gathering outside the forum. London police told press protesters tried to block access to the hotel that hosted the conference. In videos from the demonstration, protesters can be heard shouting, quote, Oily money out, unquote. The CBC says the chief executives of Shell and other large oil companies are featured speakers at the London conference. According to the CBC, Thunberg was held at a police station until she was released on bail that evening. The Evening Standard says that this is the second time Thunberg has been arrested, although she has been removed from a scene by police three times. All three police encounters happened at protests for climate justice. New Brunswick's premier is facing calls to apologize from both opposition parties after making transphobic remarks to reporters. According to Global News, Premier Blaine Higgs told the press that educators are teaching children to, quote, lie to their parents, unquote. Higgs' statement was in reference to the anti-trans One Million March for Children nationwide protests in late September. Global News says Higgs participated in the protest on September 20th outside New Brunswick's legislative building. They say he spoke with protesters on removing 2 LGBTQ plus inclusive content from the classroom curriculum. New Brunswick's Liberal leader denounced the Premier's actions to the press this Wednesday. Susan Holt called for Higgs to apologize, saying, quote, You are creating mistrust between parents and teachers, and you are undermining the education system, unquote. When asked by reporters to share his thoughts on policy 713, Higgs wouldn't give a direct answer. Policy 713 in New Brunswick makes it mandatory to respect students' chosen name and pronouns in schools. Global News says that Higgs adapted Policy 713 this June to require parental consent if children wish to use a name or pronoun that is inconsistent with their assigned gender. Higgs said, quote, I don't believe that our educational system should be teaching kids to be untruthful with their parents, unquote. Both the Liberal and Green parties are asking Higgs to apologize to teachers. Experts and queer community groups in New Brunswick are speaking up on the issue. They say it violates youth's charter rights along with the Human Rights Act. In Colorado, almost 200 decaying corpses have been taken out of a funeral home. According to CTV, the bodies weren't stored properly and discovered around two weeks ago. Authorities say they checked out the scene after receiving a call about a, quote, abhorrent smell, unquote. The return to nature funeral home is just outside of Denver. CTV says their registration expired over a year ago. The number of bodies found keeps changing as the investigation continues. Local families are being notified as the bodies are identified. CTV says that a team from the FBI has also been deployed to help gather up the remains. The team is usually sent to scenes of mass casualty like plane crashes. Well, that's all for the news. Here's Krishna Priya with Hidden Histories.
1: Good morning, I'm Krishna Prasad, and welcome to this week's Hidden History segment, where I talk about the little-known stories behind our everyday world. It's October now, which means pumpkin spice lattes, fall colors, and giant Home Depot lawn skeletons. So as a nerd and a fan of Halloween, it's also the time of year that gets me rereading Frankenstein. So in the spirit of the season, let's talk about the brains behind the world's first science fiction novel, Mary Shelley. Let's start from the beginning. According to Biography.com, Mary Shelley, born Mary Wollstonecraft Godwin, was born August 30th, 1797, to philosopher and political writer William Godwin and famed feminist Mary Wollstonecraft, who tragically passed away shortly after birth. Godwin was left to take care of Shelley and her stepsister on his own until his marriage with Mary Jane Claremont. Let's say Shelley was definitely not a fan of her new stepmom, and evidently the feeling was mutual, as Claremont sent her own daughters to school but saw no need to educate Shelley. Instead, she roamed her father's impressive library, often seen reading and daydreaming to cope with her less-than-stellar home life. It's also one of the reasons why she picked up writing in the first place. As a child, she'd spend all her free time scribbling away, but her writing would really only kick into high gear after her marriage to poet Percy Shelley. This is also when the whole Frankenstein thing would start. Let's set the scene. It's 1816 and a rainy summer night. The Shelleys are at Lord Byron's Swiss villa, killing time, telling ghost stories, when Lord Byron has a nifty little idea. They're all writers, right? So why not entertain themselves by writing their own little horror stories? The next night, Percy and Lord Byron shared their tales, but Mary, who had yet to be struck with inspiration, had nothing. So they talked philosophy instead. Very 1800s of them. Within Percy and Lord Byron's discussion, one topic that caught Mary's ear was Galvanism. According to the University of Georgia, Luigi Galvani found out that if you held a copper probe at one end of a dissected frog's leg and a piece of iron at the other, the legs would twitch as though the frog was still alive. Later, his nephew would replicate this weird and sort of gross experiment on the body of an executed criminal. And it worked. The body moved as though it was alive, with the muscles spasming, hands clenching, and even opening its eyes from the electricity. This chilling image and the very concept of harnessing science to control life and death stuck with Mary as she went to bed, and by the time she woke up, she had a brand new nightmare and an idea. In 1818, this idea would be published anonymously to the world. Now, over 200 years later, Frankenstein remains a cultural icon and a story to remember, its legacy living on in countless adaptations across just about any medium you can think of. Mary Shelley went on to write for much longer, her collection including, but not limited to, six more novels, a novella, mythological drama, stories and articles, biographies, and even a collection of travel books. That's all for this week's Hidden Histories. I'm your host, Krishna Prasad, reporting for Met Radio, 1280 AM Toronto, and thanks for listening.
0: That's all we have for you today. Be sure to tune in next time for more Morning Mixtape news. I'm Anna Jaisalphina Singh, Reporting for Met Radio, 1280 AM in Toronto.